Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to another show of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. It's uh, we skipped last week because I was traveling, and uh, so sorry Thanks for that. Thanks a lot, that. Chris. <laughs> uh, I know, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, so we were I was traveling last week, and uh, now we are are definitely uh, back on the air, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to keep doing this every week because uh, it sure is a lot of fun. And boy, the links have built up for the news items uh, over the last two weeks. So uh, oh before gosh. we get into that, how have you been, Tara? I have been good. I've been fine. The weather sucks. The weather's cold. So if we could all be nice to one another because the weather's cold enough, that'd be great. The weather sucks so bad. Too much. I realize it's winter, but it doesn't have to be like winter. Like we can just ditch the whole snow and ice thing and jump right into the the other nicer months of the year. So clearly I'm not a snow bunny. I'm not enjoying these shenanigans outside. Yeah, I'm I'm not much much of a snow person either. I mean, it's nice for skiing and things like that, but uh, it has been really cold here. I mean, we were we were in the lower teens uh, today mm-hmm. overnight, and even during the day, um, it really didn't get out of the teens. So that, that's that that's no. that's a cold day, <laughs> a little it's, bit cold for me. Uh, <laughs> it and, is uh, a lot of cold. <laughs> it is a lot of cold. It's a well, lot let's. Of cold. Should we get onto the newsroom here? We got a lot to talk about. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> All the news. All the news. This is the newsroom. All right. So the first article here is, um, of course, today is, uh, you know, uh, testimony for the Trump <sighs> impeachment. So they had uh, they they had this, uh, I guess, they have vote rights to see if they could or could not uh, do this impeachment thing. And uh, there's a big hubbub because six uh, Republican senators uh, Republicans decided to go and vote, um, you know, for this impeachment thing. So, I mean, before we get into the article, what I, I think I know what your take is, but but I'll let you tell everybody else. On the whole, let's waste taxpayer money on something that shouldn't even be a problem. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Like, so I, I it seems like like okay, I'm gonna jump back and remind everybody i love political dramas like house of cards and scandal and the west wing all of those were really fun to watch because you're just kind of like seriously does that crap actually happen because surely not this can't be a thing and uh and so you get into watching politics and you're like especially here the last four years and you're like this is a total thing like people literally go out of their way to cause problems and so kind of feel like this is one of those things and and we've discussed it before this is just an attempt to keep trump out of the white house or any other federal position so i think it's a waste of taxpayer money he's out of office he's gone like you spend the next four years strategizing how to keep him out versus wasting our hard-earned tax dollars on this bull crap and then reporting on it like there's oh just oh my gosh just no just no. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can't. I, I mean, for me, here's what I think uh, is interesting: is I, I think if I was a Republican and had the chance to vote on this, I think I would have voted to impeach. And here's why: because it's a it's a circus, it's a Democratic circus, and all it's going to do is yeah. piss people off. And so, I, I mean, for me, I think the uh, the intelligent thing here was go ahead and have the impeachment because I, I don't think it's going to work. 
right? So, but anyhow, let's let's get into this article here. Uh, we'll bring it up on the on the screen here. So, the Trump war room fires back at House Dem impeachment managers who used fight like hell rhetoric in the past, and I think this is awesome, right? Because all they're doing is uh, they're basically saying, "Hey, well, you know, you you want to impeach Trump because uh, you know he said fight like hell." Or, you know, all this kind of stuff. Or then, then they're just bringing up <sighs> examples of rhetoric that the Democrats have used. And, and I, I think it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. But that it, it that's the double-edged sword of this whole thing. Democrats can say this and do this. They can have people out there saying, go make Trump supporters pay. But when Trump says, hey, go fight for your right, fight for your right to have this election recalled or questioned or ta- challenged and and we all know it was for his benefit right like right. he does have a, a soft spot for the u.s but it's ultimately for trump's ego and so for this whole thing it's like if we're gonna and you've said in the past if we're gonna hold him accountable for his words and inciting the actions of others start holding the 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 democrats the, uh, accountable for the blm and antifa that that would be my opinion but is that going to happen no because there's some race cards involved here. There's some inclusion and belonging involved here. And Trump is a fun person to hate. I mean, he's not my favorite human being. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he didn't do that bad of a job. I mean, for reals. And I just move on. Can we focus on Biden? I mean, can (laughs) can we just move on to the next before Biden dies or loses his memory? Can we try to focus on him a little bit? Because before too long, he won't be worth a damn in front of the camera. He's only, he's, he's literally got numbered days. Let's focus on that versus a guy who can even talk anywhere. Trump has is, is been eliminated from social media and the internet. He literally has yeah, no Yeah, I mean, to me, to not, me this is bait and switch, there. right? I mean, they're, they're just right. trying to control the narrative, and they want to – it's amazing. Trump's out of office, and they're still talking about Trump. It's right. like, move on and run the country. Yes. You guys have the House and the Senate and the president – now you can't blame anybody. So get to right. get to freaking work, right? But I you mean, gotta, that's exactly but you gotta hold that up there. You gotta have that that scapegoat. You know, this is like the Mean Girls Club from high school. And for you girls out there listening, you know what this is. Like you've made fun of that girl. You've bullied her. She's sitting at the lunch room at that table for the unpopular kids by herself. But you can't help to make sure she knows where her position's at. So you keep on her and keep on her and keep on her. Let it freaking go. Walk away. Focus on. Find somebody else. Isn't there another Republican we can, like, make an example of out there? Versus Trump's old news. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, he can't even fight back. I mean, I know. Oh, just this is. Oh my gosh. I just cannot get over that. This is the way that it is. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I think you know. For me, this is. I mean, this is just another way for them to keep talking about Trump. Yeah. And I'm just like, move on, just move on. <laughs> you know, please, it, please it's just, I, I just wonder, I mean, they're going to talk about Trump for another four years. I mean, this is ridiculous. You've, you've won the election. One is in air quotes, you, you know, right. and, uh, and move on, just get to work, you know, cut whatever jobs you want to cut and face the consequences of that. I, I just, you know, I'm, they it's already crazy. are. Yeah. They, already are oh yeah and oh you know it's, it's tempted to put some of that in there but but uh <sighs> we gotta have some for another show so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh the oh. next one i have up here is kind of fun it's um do you remember did you did you watch the super bowl at all I, I, yeah the whole thing disappointingly i mean mahomes kicked ass and took names but the rest of the team was like did you guys show up or did, is this a different team like where are you so yeah totally watched it <laughs> totally totally cried 
She yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a terrible, terrible loss, but we got our asses kicked. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, there was one bright spot for Kansas uh, in the Super Bowl, and that was the Jeep commercial. Did you get a chance to see that? Uh, no, but I heard all about it and I've seen it everywhere. What is going on with this? All right. So the, I'll pull this up here. Uh, so it's kind of interesting, um, that Jeep did a commercial and their, um, kind of their message around that was sort of reuniting the country. Right. Which is, you know, I think a pretty cool message. Uh, but the interesting thing was it was filmed in Lebanon, Kansas, which is the geographic center of the United States. Um, and so, um, you know, the boss, Bruce Springsteen actually brought his actual Jeep that he owns, uh, right. and it was featured in the commercial. So it wasn't a direct, you know, product placement, come buy our Jeep. Cause it's, you know, climbs rocks and does all these things. It was more of a, it was more of a message, um, that talked about, you know, unity and, and bringing the country back together. But I thought it was pretty cool. Cause it was, it was filmed here in Lebanon, Kansas. It's about three hours or so from where we are here in Wichita, and uh, I, I think this this little church that they filmed it at is going to get a heck of a lot more uh, traffic uh, in the, the days and the months to come. Well, did I see also that the boss recently got taken in for a DUI? Uh, I did not see that, but uh, anything's possible. <laughs> Pretty sure. I, th- I could have sworn I saw something today and I was going to bring it up on the newsreel and I, th- I saw you had the Jeep thing and I knew he was in a Jeep. It was his Jeep. So I knew, it was, I knew that much about it, but... God, I want to say that I saw something today that said he got, um, and it's probably fake news. I mean, there's all kinds of that. Nope. Bruce Springsteen busted for DUI in New Jersey. It was back in November. Whatever. That's all. I don't care. I needed it to be at the commercial, like in Kansas, as he was driving out because he realized, you know, we can be a boring state at times. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, never mind. That, That was old news. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. old old news indeed. But anyhow, I thought this was pretty cool because it was you know directly kind of related to Kansas, and uh, yeah. so I thought that was that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, just a, kind of a feel good story. And if you watch the video, I mean, his Jeep isn't new; it's an old you know nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties Jeep. And so, um, so I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, kind of kind of something different. So there's there's a couple different uh, com- things here. So now that we're done talking about. Fun, cool stuff. Let's go back to politics. Um, so guess who doesn't follow the rules? Most of the political parties out there, most politicians, you and my, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but guess who really doesn't follow the rules? Oh, gosh. Uh, let me, I don't know who. So who? Uh, Pelosi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so Pelosi does yes. not follow the rules. Uh, Correct. She, she apparently, um, so apparently there's a door in the chamber there that they can go in and out off the floor. Um, and they have said that people can't use that door because of COVID and because of the riots and all this kind of thing. And so there was a Republican uh, that they fined, I think it was $5,000 for using uh, the wrong door uh, and not going through the correct procedures, right? Uh, and But guess who did go through it like three times and not get fined? Same winch that tore up the state of the union address right behind trump's back yeah i mean so i mean what you're saying on that rules for thee but not for me right (laughs) yes i think she's the queen of that she's got several followers but she's the queen of it wasn't didn't she have the whole i was set up thing with the whole hairdresser and not wearing a mask when you know, locked down and mask and wear a thing. And there she is recorded. And she's trying to say she was the victim in that. Wasn't that her too? 
Uh, oh yeah, that was her. I mean, but you know, this this is just it drives me crazy. It's you know, it's silly. If they're gonna find the Republican for using the wrong door, not following procedures, then it's got to be fine Pelosi. So I, I I read somewhere I don't have the article tip that she was gonna get sued. They're trying to sue her for fifteen thousand dollars. It looks like because that's the fine that she should have gotten uh, for doing what she did. So I mean, if they're gonna be that's petty, awesome. I mean, to me, this is just high school with the ability to with large numbers right i mean yeah it's just begotten very very petty and they're definitely not spending time doing the work of the people no no they don't i i very i get the very clear distinction they don't feel like they work for us the people they work for themselves and each other when they've got pockets to to dig into or narratives to feed so yeah i've i've I don't know if it's being an adult or paying attention the last four years, but I feel like the government is not that great of a thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I've had an opinion on that for a while, but uh, <laughs> I mean, certainly I think the last couple of years here, the government has functioned less and less <laughs> than it has in the past. So yes, yes, far less. So, so much less. So that just, I mean, this obviously doesn't surprise me about Pelosi. Um, she's been called out several times in the media, but somebody gets paid off in the media to keep her out of the same story for too long, just for her to show up in the next story. Um, so yeah, this is not a, this is nothing new. At some point in time, somebody's going to nail her ass to the wall. They're, she's going to say the wrong thing to just the wrong person. And she's going to be all over the papers and she'll never get out. She will just drown in it. I'm not sure that I'm upset by that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think the government's going to function properly for a while here, but, um, you know, mm -hmm. certainly certainly not until, you know, this current administration is out of office and we have a chance oh. for a new administration if, if we get a new administration. So, so we'll see, but, damage. you know, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So the next article here is uh, from Time Magazine. And uh, would you guess what they're admitting to in the Time Magazine? From what I'm seeing, it looks like there's something about the election or the campaign. Looks like um, I'm trying to skim through it to figure out. Looks like Trump is right about the campaign, the, the election. The election was shoddy. It's false. So, so the it's title here, yeah, the title here is, I'll bring it up, is The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. So, I mean, uh. you know, there's there's people that are out there saying... Um, you know, Hey, this is just time magazine sort of admitting that the campaign was rigged or whatnot. Um, I, I mean, you can read into it what you want, but, um, it, it goes on and talks about some very interesting things, um, you know, that happened from the mail-in voting to all that kind of stuff. So, um, to me, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I think it's high time we, you know, we put all this behind us and we say, and we admit to ourselves that, you know, hey, maybe we have an election problem and we need a better way to to do campaigns and, and voting and all that kind of stuff. I think there's there's a lot of issues all the way around. Um, but certainly in 2021, we shouldn't be having problem counting votes. There shouldn't be questions about people voting twice. There shouldn't be questions about dead people voting. I mean, we have the, the technology and the equipment and the brain power to make all this a straight election. It's just time to make it a straight election. Well, it, it's not, I don't, I don't see, I, I, I agree with everything you said, but this, the, the whole, we should be able to create a straight election. We can, but there are some that are opting not to. 
it's there's the cheaters out there in the world who want their way and the only way they can get that is to have certain people in office and you know these these people who've been bought and paid for make it to office and they got to pull through just like the stuff that biden's doing so we we have everything we have the tools we just don't have the desire and yeah. so and I, I don't think that we're going to until we get the next trump hopefully better rhetoric um candidate that will make the difference while being quiet on social media very very quiet <laughs> you don't want him to be tweeting on a crapper at 3 a.m no i know and i don't want anybody to talk about the locker room talk or any other conversations they've had just be a president stop being popular stop being a social uh craze and a you know virtual or go viral just just be a president that's all i'm asking just sit back to your job and just make me wonder if you're a nice guy i don't need for you to prove that you're not I just want to, be, I need some mystery to the president. That's what I need. That's all. That's all some I'm mystery, for. huh? That, that's an interesting way to put it. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I think, you know, we, we need some decorum in the, in the presidency. And I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that we're getting that now. I mean, no. um, I think Joe Biden certainly is, doesn't have the rhetoric that Trump had, but, but I, I would venture to say that the Democrats um, by and large have not really stepped up their game and, and taken the high road on things. Right. I think they're still down and dirty and they, they really need to change their rhetoric. And hopefully with come this on, man, are you sure? Come on, come, man. Really? Come on. Oh, man, come on. That phrase is starting to claw on me. I don't know about you. I am not. I will never use that in a straight face conversation. It will only be to, to make fun of our president. I mean, that's, come on, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I might try and start using that at work. I, I think that'd oh. be a fun one to try and slip into some meetings. I know who you work with and that's not going to play over very well in certain situations, but I need to be like, I need you to put me on the speed or on call me up. Just have me sitting there on the phone. I will go mute. I just want to hear what happens. That's it. I need to hear <laughs> I that play out. It gets to that one. I think I know people <laughs> that would that would pay to see some of those reactions, but yeah, that, you know, that whole come on man thing. It just, it, it makes the back of my skin on my neck crawl. It just, oh well, yeah, it, and the way he says it, it's like, come on, man. I don't have the answer. Don't push me. Don't pressure me, man. Come on, chill out, man. You know, you got, you get to thinking like, do you know anything? Because we all know that your press secretary knows Jack crap before too long with as much circling around as she's doing she is going to get dizzy and fall over and then who's going to circle back with us Uh, i was just gonna say can we circle back around on that one (laughs) that's a great question i'll have to circle back with you on that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) all right i'm just gonna lose so so while we revel in uh, the days that were trump uh the next article here (laughs) is uh the un says america is already cutting so much carbon it doesn't need the Paris Climate Accord. So who would have thought uh, that we are actually cutting more carbon? And this gets into the thing that the argument that I've always made is that, okay, U.S. could be carbon neutral. We could be, you know, carbon scrubbers, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you still have China and India and all these other countries that are still emitting um, tons and tons of carbon and really not doing anything to change their ways. So. Um, you know, obviously you want to be as good to the environment as you can, but I think it's right. a fallacy that says, well, just because the U.S. and Germany uh, and the European Union, you know, the rest of the European Union and U.K. Um, all go carbon neutral, uh, that doesn't mean that the planet's going to get any better, right? Right. Right. 
we can't improve, we just, we decrease less at a, at a slower rate. And this is, I mean, I find this very interesting because if, if this is the case, if the U.S. is too clean for climate change, then what's wrong with the, um, oh, is that the Keystone pipeline? Because Biden shut that down for being a clean, more green way of transporting fuel, which by the way, he's going to use a train, which is no better than the Keystone pipeline. But it, this, none of this, this is not full circle at all. When you've got Biden saying, we're going to do this to be a more green planet, but we've got other experts saying, we don't need to be more green. We're good. Like we're going to all have to get on the same side of this and figure out what we're doing. Yeah. And the just, Keystone pipeline uh, to me is a money, you know, just follow. I mean, literally funny, the <laughs> literally follow the money train on that one. Right. Because um, it appears <laughs> right. that the train is owned by some, uh, you know, well-known folks that are, big democratic supporters and it appears that this was a um you know a payback for maybe some uh election stuff and so you know the thing that nobody has asked yet that i cannot believe is this is this a quid pro quo and it appears to oh. have been a very blatant quid pro quo well and then he is picking up the pace with the taliban efforts for pipeline did you see that no what is that Oh, I need to. I was, I was hoping it was in here in the articles tonight. I need to go pull it back up. Um, in dropping the Keystone Pipeline, Biden has picked up the talks with the Middle East and the Taliban specifically to reinvest or get back involved with or somehow affiliate, somehow get back in the game for their pipeline, their, their transport purposes. So he just shifted the base over. And Fox News was reporting on this the other night. I haven't seen anything about it since. Um, so I need to get up to date. I'll, I'll bring up an update next week. But yeah, he's he's back into talks with the Mideast with a very vicious terrorist group over mm -hmm. the very thing he just shut down in our country. So I'm, I'm having a real problem. It's like, oh, it goes back to your quid pro quo. He He's shaking hands and he's kissing ass with people that he shouldn't be, in my opinion. I, it, it just looks bad. Very, very bad. Very bad. Not... Oh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I'll, I'll find an article and update next week on that one. Cause that's, I was shocked to see that one about, I was on my exercise bike, you know, biking away and I about fell off the thing when I <laughs> heard it just about took a nosedive right into the floor. Yeah. And I, oh. I think the thing to uh, really, you know, take away from this is what they're telling you on the surface is not really what the motive is. Right. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, at least with the Trump uh, administration, they were, pretty transparent. They, I mean, there was no fast punches about, oh, we're going to do this and then they do that. Um, I think what we're seeing in this administration is it's all fast punches, right? So they're going to they're gonna tell the public what they think the public wants to hear, and then they're going to really do something else uh, in the background. And, and you know, that's that's really not, not the intent of how this country was supposed to run. Uh, and so <laughs> I don't know that that's going to work really well for them in the long term. I think there's got to be a lot of dissonance about that. I think there'll be a lot of, yeah, we're not done with that at all. Oh my gosh. So moving on in the notes here, um, the next one is, uh, did you hear about the whole GameStop uh, deal there? Connected to Robinhood, that app thing? Yeah, so basically um, a bunch of people got onto, um, was it Reddit? Uh, yeah. they got on the Reddit and they decided, well, if they, they all go together, they can buy stocks of GameStop and make the stock go up. Well, there's people out on the stock market that they make money when the stock goes down. So there right. a bunch of these hedge funds have had bet against GameStop going down. 
um, you know, saying that th- their bet was that GameStop was going to go down. They'd make money when it, when it went down. Instead, um, they kind of gamed the system and the stocks went way up and they went crazy high. Um, and basically, two of these hedge funds, it looks like they had to declare bankruptcy or, or whatnot. So basically, so the article here is uh, two short sellers admit defeat bailout at a huge loss as GameStop shares surge uh, hits 1000%. And so this article is uh, is actually just a little bit old because uh, it was put in uh, last week. So since this has happened, uh, it appears that the stock has sort of you know gone back down in value. Well, there's been a lot of people that have jumped out, that kind of thing. But um, there's a lot of talk here around, well, you know, the the big Wall Street people, they sort of manipulate the market every day, you know, buying and selling large uh, amounts of stock. And then when, you know, a couple of people on Reddit does it, then Wall, Wall Street gets all upset. Uh, and so I, I think it's really, really interesting uh, to see the dynamics of uh, what's happened the last couple of weeks. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of mouth to keep up with quite honestly yeah, it's probably it why I don't play the stock market. do you remember the big short that movie the big short about the crash the stock market crash with the housing in 2008 so I, this is why i wish bo would listen because i have seen i think that's the one i've seen some of isn't that the george clean movie i don't it, remember who's in I, somebody somebody one of our viewers listeners you guys need to chime in and let me know but i think that's movie i think i have attempted four times to watch this movie and have yet to make it. So I don't, I must, I must, I'm going to assume you know what you're talking about because I don't. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. It's one of those movies that, you know, you want to get your popcorn and sit down and watch and really pay mm-hmm. attention to because if you miss one little bit, then, you know, then you kind of get lost. But, um, essentially the movie goes in and does a really good job of explaining how this stock market stuff works. Uh, because it is very complex, and the average person, I don't think, has a very good understanding of it. Um, but, but, you know, there are stock traders out there that basically mm-hmm. say, um, you know what, these stocks are going to go down, and they may, and they basically, you know, buy a short sale of it. Um, or you know, and, and so what happens is when that stock goes down, then they do make money. But if the stock goes up, then they've got to pay. Right. right. And so that's what happened with this game stock was uh, game game stop stock. Can't say that <laughs> pretty t- fast um, was that they were betting on the stock going down. A bunch of these, uh, you know, essentially amateur traders got onto Reddit and they bought a bunch of the stock so it would go up. Um, and it's one of these things that just kind of snowballed and enough people yeah. got on the train and made the stock go up that. Um, that they really caused some pretty serious financial harm to these two big hedge funds. Um, you know, and of course, everybody from Reddit's saying basically cry me a river, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, anyhow, that's yeah, funny. that's 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 the basis of it. Nice. Well, all right then. So this is, you know, what life imitating art at this point? Yeah, I think so. It's, uh, it, it's definitely... Um, uh, you know, I saw an interesting quote on Facebook or Twitter, well, I forget where, but it said, um, you know, those that uh, play the stock market never uh, intended for uh, a bunch of war, uh, was it Warcraft, World of Warcraft players where they all coordinate and do a raid at the same time. Because right. uh, that's about the age range of the people that are that are doing this. So that's, uh, I well, thought that was fun. I think that one has a wide, uh, wide range of ages. I know my parents play it and they're in their, oh gosh, how old are they? (gasps) 70s now? And then my my siblings play it and then I know other kids play it. So there's a huge audience as far as age goes, but 
but that's still funny. Like that's it's it's the non-typical type that is making this work and happen. So it just goes to show anybody can do it, even if you did it by accident. It's still possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it. The you know the interesting thing, and we'll talk about uh, Robin Hood a bit, but. I mean, the software now is much easier to trade than it used to be. You know, it used to be very complex and, and expensive and hard. Um, and now technology has made it very easy. And so it's a lot more accessible to more people. So uh, it's a typical, uh, you know, disruptor. When we see technology disrupting something, it's, uh, it's yeah. definitely uh, an interesting thing. So uh, next article I have here is, uh, is Amazon. And uh, Amazon. did you know uh, Amazon maybe uh, kind of screwed some of their people over? Did, did you see this uh, article? I mean, I saw them take out an entire app. So this may not surprise me much. What's going on here? <laughs> Um, so apparently Amazon, um, ha, you know, they have their delivery service, right? Um, and uh, you what know, kind of and, delivery service, like, what do you mean? Cause I know I get my packages from the USPS people. Yeah. So in bigger metropolitan areas, Amazon apparently, um, you know, delivers direct. They don't go through UPS or whatever. Mm. They're just kind of doing their own, um, you know, the last mile kind of service. Um, and, uh, apparently you can, um, leave tips for these Amazon drivers. Right. Um, I think right. this is in bigger cities where you have, you know, like one day delivery or one hour delivery, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, so I get it. Like we're, we're getting a distribution center here. So we may have that option before too long type of thing because it's here. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know if we're close enough to it, if they'll offer that or not. But um, anyhow, the, the crux of the story was, you know, people could leave tips for these drivers um, and Amazon decided instead of giving the tips to the people, um, they gave the tips to the people, but then they reduced their, um, their original, uh, amount that they were going to make per hour. So Amazon would say, you know, you're going to make, I, I forget what the numbers were, but let's just say you're going to make 20 bucks an hour. Right. Right. And, um, and then you get a lot of tips. So then what Amazon would do is they would reduce your base salary. So you made 20 bucks an hour. Right. So you didn't make 20 bucks an hour plus your tips. You made 20 bucks an hour and Amazon went and pocketed the difference between, um, what they told, they told you they would pay you and your tips. And so, um, apparently they got in a little bit of a trouble, a little bit of trouble for this. Um, Good. so I'm going to bring this up here and they are going to have to pay 61.7 million as a settlement for this. Um, wow. so of course that's like, you know, their coffee budget, right? right? But, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is a good thing because I don't know whoever came up with that. Uh, I mean, obviously it's good financially for Amazon, but, uh, I, I really, I really think it's, it shows a poor business practice of, you know, one, how you treat your people and two, how you are, uh, essentially defrauding your customers. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I know when I leave a tip, I'm expecting the person that's providing the service to get the tip. That's and then whatever on top of whatever they're getting from the company. So that would that would irritate me a little bit because I know when I, I see an employee getting dissed uh, on the financial side on their on their paychecks, I'll kind of kick in a little bit more. But man, that kind of that sucks. Bad Amazon. Bad Amazon. Yeah, bad for bad Amazon. Bad Amazon. <laughs> So I, I don't know that this $61 million fine is going to necessarily Hurt. Uh, influence them at all, but, uh, you know, right. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh. kind of crazy. 
Um, the next article I have here is from the New York Post, and I, I think it's really interesting. Um, so there's a show on HBO now that shows uh, how Instagram influencers, um, kind of how they're fake, right? I mean, they have really nice pictures, but uh, they don't really live the glamorous lifestyle that they portray. Uh-oh. Uh, so, yeah, this is kind of an interesting show here. Um, and if you go through and read uh, the article, um, you know, they, they got a picture up here. It shows a gal, you know, in a bathing suit, and she's kind of like laying in these, you know, rose petals or whatever. And it's really in the backyard, uh, and there's a photographer standing over her, and there's the, the, the rose petals are just in a kiddie pool, you know. Oh and so they're trying to say gosh. that this is a great spa day treatment or whatever. And really, they're just getting creative, making really cool-looking pictures, which, you know, good on them. Uh, but I thought it was kind of interesting, too. There's apparently a jet... Um, a fake business jet that you can go to in LA. Um, and it looks like the inside of it is much larger than a regular business jet, but you can, you know, they, they sort of have these opulent chairs in there. And for $50 an hour, you can take your phone in and to do Instagram photos to make it look like you're on a business jet. Um, so, so I thought yeah, that was funny for Wichita. You know, I thought that was pretty relevant. It is, especially if you are on social media and you've seen some of those feel good videos where, there's that life lesson you can learn. I think Dar, Dar Man is one of them. And that's been one of them where an Instagrammer is just in, you know, high end, high maintenance areas, hoity toity areas, and taking a little selfie and look at me. I'm in, you know, this fabulous place. And they're really not, you know, it's they're, it's a total fake life that they've created through their social media presence. But I mean, that's how they're branding themselves. So, you know, if they're gaining their followers that way, great. But at the same time, It'll catch up with you if it's not real. You got to be genuine about that kind of thing. I don't know how yeah, many women you, you are laying do. in pools of petals, I, though. Yeah, I, I think you know it's one of those things where you just have to take everything with a grain of salt. And um, you know, I mean, unless you know that somebody makes a, a whole lot of money and can afford a business jet, they're probably not on a business jet. Probably not. But it's, if it's too good to be true, then guess what? All right, so oh the next gosh. next article I have here uh, is kind of kind of interesting. Um, I know you like Mike Rowe. I like Mike Rowe. Yes. Uh, but he said that Mike Rowe says Americans are realizing the price of safety is devastating. Uh, and so he's talking about uh, a lot of coronavirus stuff and things like that. Um, you know, and so I, I think, uh, you know, this is just a quick little article that just reminds us that um, you know, the cost of this pandemic is, uh, you know, it has some real cost associated with it. And it, oh, it has some things that people didn't really think about uh, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, he's I've seen him a lot on Fox News here lately talking about the pandemic and how people are um, impacted by it, essential workers. Um, you know, and Mike Rose is a common sense type of guy. Like He's just not one to BS you a whole lot. He gets to the point. He doesn't, you know, there's no there's no rainbow and unicorns with micro. It is what it is. And let's just deal with it and face it. And um, he's one of the reasons why I've told, I have two boys, one's an adult and one's almost an adult by legal standards anyway. And I've told them both, if nothing else, go to a trade school, get a trade, get something you can fall back on. Cause if anybody realizes and micro pointed this out multiple times, all the essential workers were, if they weren't alcohol based retailers, yeah. um, they were, they were somebody who provided you a service. If it was haircutting, if it was the salons or whatever it was, they had a hardcore service, hands to the, the or boots to the ground, I guess is the way to put it, a, a service that can be monetized. And that's really, really important. And I've told both my boys that's something that no matter what, 
you'll always be able to provide for yourself or anybody else if you've got skills you can sell and create something with. Um, right. And so that's one of the great things I love about Micro is he he really does give a lot of value to the blue collar worker. He's making it very clear that these are the people who are actually making the economy work. They make the world turn. We need to be putting more into these people and get more more kids into the idea of going to trade school and getting um, a skill they can always use no matter what, because not all of us can sit at a desk and use our brains. It's yeah, just, and he, and some and he of us has shouldn't. a great, he has a great foundation that he started that, that uh, raises money for people yeah. to go to, you know, schools that are not college because college is not yeah. for everybody. Uh, and and no. he recognizes that. That's right. He's, he's a great guy. And I'm, it's, it's always good to see him in the news because you really see him in a negative light. He's always got something good to, to offer something of value to offer. Yeah, I, I really enjoy his stuff. Uh, next article mm-hmm. I up, have up here um, comes go back to politics. Uh, and Yay! it looks like uh, we have uh, some news on what uh, Vice President Pence is going to be up to uh, after, you know, in the next couple of years here. So he's joining the Heritage Foundation uh, as a distinguished fellow. So I'm not entirely sure what that means, but um, I think that means that he's going to be doing uh, something kind of brainy-ish uh, on the wings. Uh, it, sound, it sounds like maybe that's sort of an out-of-the-spotlight kind of uh, kind of job. Not sure that I blame him. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being Trump? Or can you imagine being Trump's VP for four years? And then, yeah, I would imagine he's he's lost some hair for sure. <laughs> oh, he's probably lost some sanity to go along with it, and some patience and. He's probably got a, a better taste for alcohol than he used to, I would imagine. He's, he's dealt with a lot. So good for him if he's moving on and he's got something to move on to. Good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what well, you know what what he does in the next couple of years here. But my guess is he's going to kind of take a, a backseat and, and sort of look at things, uh, you know, in a little bit different light. So uh, next article I have here is an interesting one, uh, and it comes from Long Beach, California. Uh, and they decided to put some additional uh, burden on the local grocery uh, store chain. Um, and something, it's like a $4 tax that they did here. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Um, but it says, as the result of Long Beach's decision to pass an ordinance mandating extra pay for grocery workers, we've made the difficult decision to permanently close long struggling store locations. Um, so basically what happened was, uh, there's a, there's a grocery store here and they explain that, um, you know, there, I guess there's an extra $4 per hour mandate that the city council or somebody came up with. Um, and they're like, Hey, we've already, you know, helped our employees out by, you know, adjusting their hours. And, and they have talked about a fund that they had put together to help, uh, for employees, um, and so basically they just said, well, okay. I mean, those stars aren't doing so great anyhow, so we're just going to close them. So basically that means that the, uh, you know, again, what the city council here did, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, took away some options for the, for the citizens there. And I think that this is a real example of, you know, how government can really screw up the economy. So it sounds to me like they, the, this, whatever community this happened in, they increased the wages of like, it's very similar to the um, minimum wage um, argument that's out there. Let's, let's increase the minimum wage to $15 because people can't live on $7 and 30 cents, which I agree with, but it's also not designed to be lived upon. So is that what this is kind of geared towards is that when you increase the amount of money you're supposed to pay somebody, like you, you increase the floor amount. 
it will kill the business flat out? Well, sort of, yeah. I mean, basically, I think the city council said, oh, well, if you're going to make people work during COVID, you need to pay them an extra four bucks an hour. Uh, and so, you know, but the, the indirect result of that is these companies reevaluating their financial position and saying, yeah, that's not going to work for us. So we'll just uh, save the money anyhow and close the entire store. So, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's at the end of the day, business comes down to numbers, ones and zeros and and numbers and columns and, you know, pluses and minuses, right? Um, and it just goes to show in the private sector, if you if you cause the, the expense of doing business to be too expensive, people are just going to stop doing business there. Uh, so the next thing I have up here is uh, talks about another uh, Amazon article here. Uh, and so apparently Jeff uh, Bezos is going to be uh, stepping down. Uh, from the Amazon CEO position in Q3 of 2021, so they're going to have a little bit of a uh, um, they're going to have a little bit of a transition period here, uh, and I guess he's going to stay on in some capacity. He's just not going to be the CEO. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Like probably for the best. So what's what's going on with that? Why is there anything? Anything underlying, or did, uh, is he surely he can't be tired of ruling the world through Amazon? Yeah, I don't know. This is kind of an out of character thing for him. I think you know he, uh, um, you know, I think he, I think he likes being in that position. So I, I don't know. I think uh, maybe this is he just wants more vacation time or something. <laughs> it's hard to speculate on this, uh, but well, I guess more to come on that. Uh, but yeah, anyhow, I, I guess uh, you know the news has come out. He's officially uh, stepping down. So. Uh, I'm sure we will hear about this uh, more uh, as time goes on. Alrighty then. Nice. Alrighty then. Um, Alrighty then. So to get back to uh, to get back to this Robinhood thing. So Robinhood was the software um, that people were using to buy these stocks for GameStop. Right. Um, and they were using it primarily because uh, Robinhood gives you. Um, you know, basically a very cheap and easy way to trade stocks, um, from your phone. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the app, um, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting that, so this story is Robin hood is down to one star in Google mobile app store. Um, and then previously it, the, the ratings of, of Robin hood had gone down, um, and Google intervened and they got rid of a bunch of reviews. And so the, then the stars went back up and then a bunch of people complained that, Hey, they were kind of, uh, you know, riding the rating system or whatever. Um, but the reason why people were rating at one star is because when the stocks of GameStop were going up sky high, Robin hood, um, basically stopped allowing people to trade the GameStop stock because they're saying the market was too volatile. Uh, and so, uh, people got really ticked off because, you know, basically they were stuck. Right. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, and I, I didn't, I, I can't confirm this, but I did see one thing that maybe, um, Robin hood, the app was owned or at least partly owned by one of the hedge funds that was losing money. Uh, so this might Ooh, be a yeah. follow the money train thing. Yeah, that could very well be. I hadn't thought about that. So that's interesting. I knew that they were, they were yeah. the whole big, they've got a lot of backlash. They've got a lot of negative press right now about limiting the amount of um, stock trading that could take place during that whole debacle. 
Right. So yeah. So I, I, which know, I didn't even realize. And that's kind of funny because it's Robin Hood, right? You take from the rich to give to the poor. Isn't that the whole point of? Uh, I think that's the whole then, name, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, unless again, you're you're biasly invested. So, I mean, that'll that'll drive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So I, I think this was the last one, but then you added one more. I did. Um, I had to. I but, had uh, to. So, so we'll talk about this one first. Uh, this yeah. is uh, Texas police chief resigns amid alleged Facebook mistress drama. <laughs> have you read this? I have read it and I have followed it. I actually, um, the day that this chick, the, the, the one that kind of blew it all up, I, I found her profile by accident. Um, I, I'd seen something in one of my friend's profiles. It was one of those six degrees of separation, right? So, so you were like, well, friends that's... with one of these gals then? There's a connection there. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> this girl, but we have a mutual. In, in so because this, this couple would come to Wichita. And, and, oh, and really? He would claim to, yeah. And he would claim to come to Wichita. So, yeah, he's a Texas police chief of a, some town in Texas and um, has a wife. And I don't think there's any kids involved, but I can't, I really didn't pay attention to the kid factor. What I did pay attention to, there's a wife, there's two fiancés, and then a few other girlfriends in the mix. So okay. somehow this guy had enough time for to satisfy both emotionally and physically, apparently, multiple women. So multiple. I, I want to know how was he police chief in? Because that, I mean, just having one relationship is enough work. Never mind. How how many was it? Wasn't it like four or five women? There was yeah, there was a handful. Literally one for every finger. Um, so what happened was is that he was leading this multi life complex thing, and when the most recent um, fiance was proposed to, so she's got the ring. She said yes. They're you know we're in the fast track to start to plan a wedding. What do you do? You go to Facebook and you show the world, I'm going to get married. Look what happened to me. Here's the ring. Here's the story. I'm so special. And somebody's like, um, sorry. Um, I think actually he's engaged to my friend. And that's how he got caught. <laughs> so he got he caught. So wait, wait, wait. This this guy got caught by putting his picture on Facebook and saying, I'm going to marry this girl, knowing full well that he's already married to another one. Nope. The girlfriend, the fiance posted it on Facebook and a mutual friend of the other fiance was like, hold the boat. Wait a second. So then I saw the post. So I went and I saw the two fiances talking with one another. Like, did he say he was in blah, blah, blah place? And she's like, no, he said he was in blah, blah, blah place at this point in time. So they're, you're watching as they're comparing stories and this, this story grows and grows and grows. And before too long, you have this weeping willow of a tree that is so entangled with spider webs, you're like, how in the ever loving hell did this guy get away from this? And the, what's so funny about this, Chris, is the best meme that has come out since then is some woman came up and said, this guy had enough time for four or five different women, kept him all happy, nobody complained, nobody was bitching, nobody was saying anything. I don't want to hear no single guy saying he can't keep a woman happy. This guy had <laughs> yeah, five Yeah, I was <laughs> reading some of the comments about, you know, uh, some of the, some of these gals were mentioning their dudes directly and saying, Hey, if this guy can keep all these girls happy, surely you can do one. Right. <laughs> right. Just, um, so this, I mean, when he, it first came out, um, it, it just, it didn't hit the news for a little bit. Right. So the news caught wind of it after a few, um, several posts and it's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
and then um, eventually he he was let go from um, the police department that he was the chief of. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy, just absolutely insane what this guy was doing. Just wow, how do you? Well, and I, I, I think mean, I read somewhere that he got arrested, right, for polygamy or whatever, or for fraud. I think it was there's something to do with for fraud for yeah. the marriage thing. Yeah, something. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I think you're right. Yeah, so, yeah. You gotta, this... you gotta love that. I mean, if somebody doesn't make this into a movie, then uh, I mean, then we I need to is. make it into a movie. I mean, he's this guy's awesome. Like five women. How do you? I mean, wow. What are you like taking out ads? How are you doing that? That just blows my mind. And it, Facebook is how he got caught. How do you not? You're a chief of police. How do you not do your homework? And yeah, I mean sure that, that's that a you're... really that's a really public job to be screwing around like this, right? Right. I don't know if they were all in different cities or how he was mustering up all this time and this energy, but you know, you've got five at least five women. You know, some. How do you? You can't keep them all happy. You. I just no, no, no. Just wow. So I. This is a dude. I love to sit down and be like. I need to know everything. I need to know it all. Like, how did you do this? How, how are you saying you can't be like, are you a serial killer that couldn't go through with the deed and you just kept them all, you know, in the same line or what is going on here? Just crazy. Yeah. yeah crazy. It is just nuts. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's gotta be a movie. We have to do a movie out of this. That's, that's all we I'm should saying. do it. Chris, we'll just do a we, movie out of it. We'll we, we, need it to, we need to do it. We need to get funded and we need to do this and we need to make it happen. <laughs> yes. Great. So if you're out there listening, looking for an investment opportunity, we have the perfect one for you. We can make this work. All right. So the last article you got on here, uh, it's got something to do with gorilla glue and hair. Um, so what is the heck is this all about? Oh, I was on a roll. I got to try and get all that energy back up again. So what it was is that this gal, don't know her name, don't know location, neither is important, but she ran out of hairspray, trying to do her hair. She's got the whole do thing going on. And because she can't use her high-end hairspray, she decides to grab the spray can of Gorilla Glue. And Like the stuff and, I use in the shop that... <laughs> That, the stuff uh, you use to not come apart, to never Yeah, the stuff that I use apart. to glue wood and plastic together that, you know, right. just, yeah. <laughs> right. So she sprays that. If it, Women, this is a woman thing. We spray our entire head. If we don't want movement, the whole thing is going to be literally, we use the term cemented down. She got the result, literally. And so a month later, she goes on TikTok and she says, I did this a month ago to my hair and it's not moved. Well, duh, it's Gorilla Glue. What did you expect? So she has sought out a medical attention. She's got some supporters, yay for her. Although I'm questioning those people and their ability to think clearly. She's been told, try acetone. I think that's what the company told her. She's been told to try alcohol. Neither one is working. Well, and so she lawyered. Yeah, once it sets up, I mean, it's pretty impervious to, to most stuff. I mean, it's kind of a foam. It sort of expands. And uh, I mean, it's some tough stuff. Right, which is the whole point of it. Gorilla glue. Gorillas are super strong. That's why they named it that. You know, that's yeah, no, it's the gorilla, whole company. Let, let's be clear. It's Gorilla Glue, not Gorilla Hair Gel. Right. So get this. She's gone an extra step because she's upset with the company. She's lawyered up, and now she's going to sue the company because she says, despite the warning label saying, don't put this on your skin, don't ingest it, and don't put it in your eyes, 
She says because the label doesn't say anything about not putting it in your hair, it's misleading. It's like, well, what, <laughs> so, what the yeah, hell do you I... think your hair's attached with? <laughs> like, we're, we're, oh, take the warning labels away. Let the problem sort itself out. So she's, you've got pictures of her in the hospital, like the ER with this. They've tried to add this stuff to it, which has made it real pasty. And, and all it does is it gets wet and then it re-solidifies back together even stronger. So she's had to cut off the ponytail she had. She'll have to shave her head. Like, this stuff's not going to come out. There's yeah. just no way. It just irks me that she's going to, and she has every right to do it. I just think it's not the right right. She's going to sue the company because it doesn't say, don't put it in your hair. Well, like, yeah, what, I mean, the thing, that bothers, the, the thing that bothers me about this is there's a lawyer willing to take the case. I that, mean, doesn't, that doesn't surprise me one damn bit. That Like the, 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 the wench with the hot coffee at McDonald's years ago, there's a lawyer willing to do anything. Well, like, I mean, oh that, that's gosh. kind of a unique case. I mean, McDonald's was was making their coffee hot, extra hot, scalding hot for uh, for cost reasons, right? And and they right. were serving it. They they were genuinely serving the coffee above the temperature that they should have been serving it at. So the the McDonald's oh. one is used quite a bit, and I I think people need to read into it and and really understand what happened there. Um, but yeah, I think frivolous lawsuits are, are basically, they cost you and I money because when we go to buy oh. Gorilla Glue next, it's going to cost more money because they're going to have to pay a bunch of lawyers to sort this out. Um, you know, I, I just, I think at some point common sense says to just take over. I mean, if you buy a product that's in the hardware store, it's not even in the hair salon. It's not in the targets or the Walmarts, you know, it's not like it's in an aisle that's next to where the hairspray is in target or Walmart. Right. I mean, you have to go significantly out of your way to get this product and then to get the idea that like, well, I'm just going to use this in my hair. Um, I think there's a big yeah. issue there, but this goes back to, uh, you said that she got the idea for doing this from a TikTok video or she was no. doing this to do a TikTok she video. She came on to TikTok a month after doing this to herself to say it hasn't moved. Like she's trying to garner attention. Oh, like, yeah. Poor me. Okay. Look at me. I didn't know you could put this in your hair. And it's like how, how it it's clearly says what you're supposed to do with it. And hair is not one of them. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, your, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if she was a company, I would say I would hope that the judge would make her pay for all the legal fees. But she probably doesn't have a lot of money to begin with. Um, but but again, I really fault the lawyers here for bringing this up Ugh. even into a lawsuit because the lawyers should be the the ones that have the you know they they should be the check and balance on all this you know. Yes, yeah, they should. But no, and it's just like I was telling a friend of mine who is going back to child custody court following a divorce. Lawyers will do whatever you want them to do if you have the money up front, like if. So if they know that you can't win, but you're willing to pay them the money to lose, they'll they'll haul a court. They'll go to court for you and lose for you because they're getting paid no matter right. what. Yep. It's the you know the accident attorneys are a little bit different because they'll, you know, they've got that deal where they don't get paid till you do. But stuff like this, heck yeah, he'll take her money or he'll take whatever GoFundMe page or and there is a GoFundMe page for her. There are people who are financially endorsing this. On so it's like oh yes, please would uh, just. Remove all warning labels and just whatever happens, happens. And I'm including myself on that because there's times I've done stupid crap. It's like, you know what? Mm. <laughs> I sh yeah, I deserve whatever I get from that. Yeah, oh, I man. guess this is this is one that I really would love to hear from the listeners about. You know, if you can, <laughs> write us in the comments and tell us, you know, what you Please. think. Do, do you think that the lawyer should should have quashed this and, and you know, basically not brought it to court or... 
Or do you think she should have her day in court on this? I mean, you know, I guess we're sort of armchair courting backing this. Maybe there's more to this than that meets the eye. But, you know, given what we've heard here, um, you know, somebody going out of their way to get a hair care product and you intentionally misusing it for the, from what it's, is labeled, I mean, because it says don't put it on your skin, right? But um, not your hair. That's the problem. It should have said something about the hair. Yeah. But even though your skin I, is yeah, where your I, hair comes I, I, from. I don't know. I, I don't know how old this person is. I'm guessing pretty young, right? She's in. She's an adult. She's a voting, hopefully bill paying. She's adulting. She's not a teenager. She's got, she's got her whole, she's into fashion and trendy. Like she's got her look about her and she spent some money on some what's on her face and she has her style. It's not one that I would pursue, but it's hers. That's great. Um, so she's not like a 14 year old who's like, huh, if we can't huff it, let's apply it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I mean, to me, it her. sounds more like she's trying to get her five minutes of fame out of this deal. Right. It could be very, I mean, oh, just, oh. y'all drive me to drinking. That's what is happening here. Y'all just drive me to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I see I, I see this kind of stuff, um, you know, with family court all the time where cases go to family court that shouldn't. And it really should be up to the lawyer to, to not, you know, um, to not do do that. But uh, I don't know. I, I really, really fault the lawyer here. Well, and that, you know, you bring up the family court thing. And I, I, I agree with you. I do. The lawyer should stop it. But again, that's their paycheck. That They're literally a sales type company. And so I remember my second divorce and the ex-husband wanted to go back and review child support. And it's like, go ahead. I know I did my part. You go ahead. And so he went to his attorney and the attorney's like, um, yeah, I, we can take her back, but you're going to screw yourself because, you know, this wasn't mentioned and that wasn't mentioned. And this is all going to come to light. You're going to have to prove these things and you're going to end up paying more in child support because I know I pay more than he does. And the lawyer told me, I mean, this is going to shift and you're going to end up paying more than what she does. He's yeah. like, but we can do it. If you want to, I'll take you and we can do this. And of course he's like, oh, so this isn't going to benefit me. Like he listened. <laughs> right. But so like, the attorney probably told this woman, not your best opportunity. And she probably could be like, man, well, I don't care because they should have said hair and they didn't. They said yeah. skin, eyes, and stomach. I, I don't know. I, <sighs> I think, uh, I mean, to me, this is just poor. <laughs> yes. All, all the way around. <laughs> Bad, bad, bad. Remove warning labels. Let Darwin take care of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can you really do that, though? I mean, no, because there's regulatory bodies out there that say the warning labels are important. But, I mean, I get you should put a toaster or a hairdryer in the bathtub with you. I totally get that. I don't know why other people don't. <sighs> Whatever. I, I mean... Oh, what what do we do we what do we have next? This is <laughs> uh well, I just need just a second here. I got some software that's not working right for me, so I can play the this next <laughs> So I'm trying to burn up time until this we're thing, trying to burn up time. Until this thing reboots Let me, for you. I'll check the comments and conveniently see if there's anything else to talk about. Yeah, see if we got anybody that's oh. got some stuff there. Let's see. I did in talking mentioning TikTok, I did find out that Instagram and TikTok are somehow related or something because I realized that Instagram has reels, which are the, the videos. Right. And I see a lot of the TikTok branding on some of those videos. So it looks like you can do a TikTok video and upload it to your Instagram account. Okay. And sadly, those are 
badly addictive. It's one of those Darwin things where I really need to put the damn thing down, but I keep watching and looking and seeing some cool stuff. Like there's these dancers on there that are really satisfying to watch. They do these weird robotic type moves that are just stellar. And some people are kind of stupid on there, but I think they know they're stupid on there. So they just keep doing it because they get a lot of views. But yeah, yeah. it's been really... I will have to we'll have to go through and find the Instagram pick of the week and start featuring some videos from there's some really funny ones like the the real Indian dad is hilarious uh-huh. and his wife um, I can't remember her name um, they have their own Instagram accounts they're linked together and they usually show up in each other's videos and they are hilarious I my kids make fun of me I'll watch their videos. 10, 15, 20 times in a row because I can't stop laughing. My kids are like, for reals, scroll to the next one, mom. There's another one there. Yeah. I'm kind of behind the times on Instagram, but um, we had, we may have to do some Instagram stuff as, as Biz and Mayhem and get Bam Nation on there because I think that'd be kind of fun just to do some stupid videos on there and and start getting people's attention that way. It looked like fun. <laughs> cool. All right, yeah. let's go. Uh, let's play the career workout. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder, lift and push. It's the career workout. All right. So on career workout, you have uh, why going above and beyond can hurt your career. Uh, I'm going to bring that up here. And uh, I think this is appropriately for you, uh, if I have to (laughs) say so myself. So that might have been the influence for it. Um, I was going to say that, you know, somebody might have mentioned to me, I need to slow my roll a little bit. And I wasn't going to say who, but since you've already outed yourself. Um, <laughs> no, but I do tend to go above and beyond. I'm not, I'm not the kind to show up to work early and stay late. We have another person that we, a mutual friend of ours, Chris, that does that, which we make fun of that person and they don't care. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a 40 hour a week person, but during those 40 hours, I do try to capitalize on that time so that I don't have to add any more time into that. And um, I can definitely overdo it and uh, produce too much if that, if anybody thought that was actual thing it is. And so the difficult thing about that is once you get into that momentum, it's hard to stop and retrain yourself to slow down and go at the pace that most people are going. Um, I, I am very high paced. I like a lot of change. I like things to, I like problem solving. So the more problems there are, the more challenges, the more purposeful I feel in solving those, or at least trying to solve those with somebody else. And so, um, but if you get into that momentum, eventually you start creating problems to solve so that you do feel busy. Um, yeah. And so that's, um, that's definitely one of the things that I have um, realized through the help of they who shall were supposed to remain lingless, um, giving me some very constructive feedback on slow it down, just chill out, relax, mm-hmm. do what you're supposed to do, take what you're supposed to take from it and move on to the next thing. And um, there's very few people who will approach me like that. So I really appreciate um, hearing that conversation and it forced me to look into some things. And of course I, I rely on the muse.com a lot. They've got a lot of great information on there. Um, I should probably become a member or whatever it is they do and start paying the money because they're teaching me a lot. And so one of my biggest problems is when I'm trying to eat anybody, anytime you're trying to recondition yourself, it's a process and you, you've got to take steps and you've got to want to do it. You have to push past those challenges uh, of resistance. Um, I know for me, it's like, oh, I got to get it done, get it done quick, get it done now. And um, even though I'm detail oriented, I will skip over details to get it done. So um, this article gives some really great advice. I think there's just three major tips to getting yourself slowed down, 
um, preventing burnout and just enjoying the work, even if you hate the job. There is a way to enjoy it if you don't care for it. That's not to say that's where I'm at, but that's one of the things that this article made me think of. And so the first one is face your fears. And that can be, it, it, it can be anything, things that you don't know what you're doing at work, things you have to be trained on, but it really focuses on um, feeling like if you're not there, they'll get rid of you. Like what happens if I go on vacations? I know a lot of people who have said, I'm not going on vacation. They'll figure out they don't need me. And then my job security is gone. I have to be here. I'm the only one that should know my role. You know, I, I have to do it all myself. And that's not true. You have to be able to take a break. You have to be able to leave your laptop at home while you go to wherever vacation. I think they said Tahiti in this one, which that's a nice big dream. I think I may put that on my list of things to go vacation to without <laughs> yeah, my laptop. Right. I don't know how many of us are going to, to actually, I know somebody who's watching probably that can go to Tahiti and enjoy it without his laptop. But being able to unplug, just turn it all off. And that's something I know I can do. That's what's really weird about me is during those eight hours of the day, I'll put forth everything I've got. But once five o'clock hits, it's like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk to me, but it better not be about work because I will not have an answer for you. And so being able to unplug for more than a few hours or at any time at all, taking vacation, take time for yourself is very, very important. But that's a fear. And you've got to get work past those fears of, but if I'm, if I'm the only one that should be able to do this, I'm the only one. No, you shouldn't be the only one. Otherwise, um, you can't get in trouble for that. Um, affirm your value. And so this goes to kind of where my mind sits at is if I don't do a million things in one day, then what am I worth? So we have a lot of up, the update meetings throughout the week. It was very difficult for me to get used to. <laughs> Let's meet to talk about what we're doing today, every day all week long. It's like, I don't want to tell you people what I'm doing every single day. Like, I just want to do my work. And if I need help, I'll let you know. Um, but when you have to slow down, it's like, but if I only do, you know, 10 things a day versus 20, am I really all that worthwhile? Do I, do I belong in this group? And am I bringing forth the, the, the value that they were hoping for for me? And the answer is yes. And so um, after receiving the advice, I actually sat and listened to these update meetings and realized, hey, they only mentioned three things they're doing today. And there's no way those three things will take all day long to do. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? And I realized that you end up trying to, you know, research or whatever other things you have to do. Um, especially when we're working remote, you feel like you really have to overdo it to prove your worth. Um, but making a list of things that you're doing every day, things that you're accomplishing on a regular basis, highlights, even going back for the past 12 months, you don't feel like it's just a daily thing, but it's a long-term thing to teach your brain that it's okay that I don't do 2 million things at once. I can do 10 things today and I'm still an effective and valued employee. Um, and so that's, that's, that's probably the place I struggle with the most is trying not to overwhelm myself with tasks. So I feel like I have a lot to do and that I'm not going to get kicked off the team. And then writing down your new routine, man, how hard is it to change a routine, Chris? Like how, how, how many times have you, found resistance and be like, we're going to try, we're going to try this new thing and see how it works. And you're like, yeah, oh yeah, we were supposed to try that new thing today. And that didn't work out, did it? Like no. I forgot. <laughs> and so I, I am a, there's certain things I'm learning to do um, paperless, like on apps on my computer. And then mm-hmm. there's certain things I'm keeping to pen and paper so I can check them off. Cause nothing satisfies me more than checking off that I did go and run the errands at lunch that I was supposed to run, because that's the one thing where I will stop myself the most at. But anytime you have a change in your routine, write the new routine down, have it close by, set it in your phone, alerts, reminders, what have you, so that you can train your brain to look for those new cues. And then eventually it becomes habit. 
Um, and that's for home, for work, for whatever, because I know I'm teaching now, so I've got a lot of new responsibility attached to that. That means I'm going to have to hop online um, for more than just our video session. I'm going to have to hop online for my students' video sessions, and that's going to be a, a routine change that I'm not accustomed to. And so I am going to have to put that into my calendar so that I can make a, a worthwhile effort to change that routine of mine versus having so much free time in the evenings when I don't work work. Yeah. Um, so aside from those three thing, three things, Chris, do you, do you come up, do you have anything else you can add to that? I, um, I mean, I think that covers it pretty good. I mean, I think you and I had a conversation around, um, you know, sometimes you can be so effective that, um, I mean, I think one, you can be a little intimidating to your coworkers, right? And then, uh, yeah. and then, then, you know, they they don't work with you. They try and work against you. Um, you know, I, I don't think a, it's, it's hard to say, um, you know, from a management perspective, you don't ever want to say, well, don't work so hard, you know, uh, but, but I do know that sometimes I think that's appropriate, right? I mean, I think I've seen right. where employees will just flat burn themselves out because they think that's what, um, the management wants them to do. And I, I think at some companies, that's what management does want them to do. But, um, yeah. a company that's really worth working for, um, won't try and burn their employees out. Right. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that you won't have temporary situations where, uh, maybe there's a staffing shortage or there was some demand that came up out of the blue. Um, and you know, maybe you got to work a little bit and, you know, kind of really, uh, work really hard and, um, you know, put the overtime in and all that kind of stuff, but you shouldn't be working so hard that you are getting burnt out. Right. And I think that's, Agreed. um, you know, really up to the company to make sure that you're not getting burnt out. Um, you know, and, and so, I mean, I know personally as a manager, if I see somebody who never takes any vacation, that's a red flag for me. Um, you yeah. know, maybe they're trying to save it up for, you know, this out or the other thing, but you know, it could be that, you know, Hey, they just need a break too. Yeah, no, that's where I struggled at for a long, long time is I have vacation and I want to take it, but God, what happens if something happens and I need that time off? And I've always talked myself out of it, even though it's, there's opportunity for sick time, personal leave and whatnot. But that's, I talk myself out of things very clearly because what if, what if yeah. something happens? And so I'm, and you did, that's one of the things I'm trying to improve upon is there's no what if, just do it. You know, just. I saw a great, um, you know, thing on, on one of the social medias this last week and I wish I would have saved it, but, um, you know, it, 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 it was somebody wrote in a post to note it and the, the crux of it was, you know, recharging just doesn't happen in a weekend, you know, taking a weekend off doesn't mean that you'll be recharged. Right. So when you <laughs> yes. deplete yourself out totally, um, it, it takes more than a couple days off just to, to get back into, you know, where you're mentally healthy and, and in a good place. And so it's important that you take breaks kind of along the way. Um, you know, we've got a little bit off the rails from the original topic. Um, but yeah, you can definitely work too hard at your job and burn yourself out. Um, yeah. 100% need to watch out for that. Agreed. Totally agree. So now that we've got the work out completed, should we go to the fail for careers? Let's do the career fail. Career fail of the week. All right. So uh, on the career fail, we have your friend in California, Such a uh, good Governor Newsom here, and uh, I'm going to bring this up. Um, so apparently they've got enough signatures now, uh, to do a recall election out there. Um, but this article says that he'll probably survive it. I, I haven't read the article at all. I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to dig into it, but what's this all about? 
So it's a long article and you need to be ready to read if you get into it. I know I had difficulty getting through it, but this is the fourth or fifth attempt inside the two years that Newsom has served as, uh, I think he's the governor out there um, in California. This is the fifth attempt to get him out of office. This is how poor his decisions are for some of the population. But the reason this time is that he there's over there's like 1.4 or 1.5 million signatures to get him out of office. Well, so, but, but in the context of California, that's not a lot, right? Because there's no, a ton of people it's out not, there. But it, it's hit the threshold. That's what's weird. California has a huge population, but for some reason, 1.5 million comes close to a threshold of like, oh, you guys are pissed? Let's hear about it. <laughs> like, what's what's happening? So it feels there's a little bit of an imbalance there. But because of his the, the way he's handled the pandemic, the way he has been hypocritical with the rules for thee, but not for me, because he was one of the first governors that was identified as, you guys are going to wear a mask. But when I go to this high-end hoity-toity French restaurant with a bunch of my friends and whatnot, I'm not going to wear a mask. And then when you catch me at it, I'm going to claim to be a martyr for, a martyr for the cause. Because that's <laughs> yeah. what he said after he got caught. It's like, I had to show you guys how to be a bad example. Now you know what not to do. And it's like, we're not buying so, that. So did he go to the Slick Willie School of Politics? That's all I want to know. <laughs> That's, it sure, certainly looks like it. It would not. Can, can you just imagine I, Bill Clinton up there with his big stogie, you know, up there by some chalkboard with nothing written on it and be like, all right, here's oh what God. we're going to do. You're going to role play. <laughs> You're going to role play. Oh, my gosh. That's so appropriate. So, yeah, from um, the masks to his mandates, he has just become very unpopular very quickly. Again, this is inside of two years, and I believe the governor's term is four. And so they, they're going to get a hearing. They are going to be able to proceed and work through this. Now, is it going to stick? It'll be unlikely. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see, um, because the last time California had, this is not their first time kicking somebody out. Like, they've made wrong decisions in voting before <laughs> in this state. And so I think the last time the guy that was voted out was replaced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I'm not yes, sure that they I, I do did. remember that. That was a big deal. Yeah. And I've forgotten all about that till I was reading through this article. So California has a history of this. They have a, a history of putting people in that position that probably shouldn't be there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Newsom is just, he's, you know, I, I liken him to Cuomo out in uh, New York. You know, that's, it's just, it's my way or the highway. I'll do as I please. And you can't stop me because I'm in power. I'm in control and you can just sit and spin as far as they're concerned. Well, and so, I, I think it's interesting. Wasn't he the one out there in California where, you know, they've now we've got this recall thing and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, outdoor dining is good. We can outdoor dine again. If you want to right. go, go ahead and outdoor dine. Yeah. They're all of a sudden the mandates are starting to lift. Like you guys are mad. What? Oh, I'll, I'll make some changes. No big, no big deal, right? So yeah, the dictatorship governors are starting to get called out left and right, and they're all Democratic governors, every one of them. Um, and so, and what's funny about that is these 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 poor um, decision making leaders are getting called out in public. Meanwhile, oh my, and I wish I could remember his name. Um, I was just watching him on Fox News this morning. Uh, the Florida governor is getting no praise for his state not having big outbursts of COVID. I mean, they're a free state, literally a free state. They don't have to wear masks. They're recommended to do their own thing on their own time. Take care of yourself. Don't hurt nobody. 
And that's why I mean, we've done several conversations on this where people are flocking to Florida because the state is free and you can do as you wish. Meanwhile, Cuomo is getting Emmys for leadership and then Newsom is getting signatures to be taken out, which won't happen. So it's yeah. just an interesting dynamic of oh what's going gosh. on out there. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's just a mess. I, I, Florida has done a really good job in all this pandemic, and it really should have been the model for, you know, how uh, other states have done. And um, yeah, but yeah, I think you know, typical New York, California, gone crazy, and we're talking about them in the news. Yeah, again. <laughs> now, here's what I want to know. Okay, so um, so Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? His big famous movie line, "I'll be back." <laughs> God, do you I hope think not. he's do you think he's uh do you think he's like oh well hmm, uh, this happened to me last time uh maybe i'll be back you know so what do you think? um no he had a post on linkedin that i think upset a lot of people and he hasn't been out in social media for a little bit he had um he had tried to compare trump um they called him the worst president ever you know, there was the the whole January 6th thing. He, you know, Governor Schwarzenegger had come out and put him down for that, saying he was the worst president ever. He caused January 6th to occur. And, you know, oh, by the way, um, he was comparing the um, Trump's efforts on the, the nation to some of the, the genocide and some of the, um, some of the issues that um, European countries have seen. It was just a really harsh comparison. So I was in one of those situations. Where I was like, uh, dear Governor Schwarzenegger, until <laughs> until you want to be judged for one poor decision that impacts a lot of flipping people. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, Google yourself. Probably <laughs> wouldn't be casting any stones at anybody right now. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't see him surfacing for a little bit because of the backlash he took for that video. It was, it was, it was pretty significant. And well, nor and- should he. Yeah, I, I mean, it, well, anyhow, we'll see what happens in California. I, who knows what's going to happen? I, I think, you know, it. The the bottom line is, people, do your research before you vote. Really, please. just you know, don't just go do some research. Yes, please, 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 please. If you need help, call us. Help, te- text us, email us. We'll help you. <laughs> we we will help you decide. We won't tell you who to vote for, but we can help you decide. <laughs> Biz and mayhem at gmail.com. Let us know you need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put it in the in the in the subject there. Voting help and we will we will help you out. <laughs> exactly. All right, oh, what do you say goodness. we run to the IT corner here? Let's do it. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. All right, so I got I got two things here for the IT corner. That's uh, kind of fun, um, you know. Remember how when we were doing this show before, I go to Fox News or one of these websites, and their freaking videos would autoplay, and we could hear it on the podcast. Did you figure out what to turn that off? I, I did. I did figure oh. out how to turn that off, uh, and it's called. Uh, there's a Chrome extension here called Disable HTML5 Autoplay parentheses reloaded. Um, and so I've, I've installed that and it seems to work pretty good. And so, um, for anybody out there, um, you know, that really wants to just turn off the autoplay on, on the Fox news videos, this, this uh, Chrome extension seems to work pretty good. I did try a couple other ones and there were some instructions on there on how to do this and they didn't really work. Um, and then I came on this thing and it seems to work, but so when you install this extension, close your browser out and restart your browser and then it'll start working. So, um, pretty neat and free. Gotta love free. Gotta love, yes. 
that would be awesome. I was struggling with that. That's I just stopped bringing up links because it's like, nope, it's going to autoplay. Forget it. Just no. Yeah, also, I think, I'm glad I think, you found that because I was getting ready to Google that. Good for you. So, yeah, and I think for a lot of people, this will be handy for work, right? Because I think, oh. you know, you want to browse the news, you know, in between meetings or whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, this thing starts playing a video. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited. So cool. So you just you just add it and then you just... What do you do after that? Do you just shut down your browser and start it? Because I've added it. Now what? Uh, yeah. So you'll have to shut your browser down and reboot it, um, and then Sweet. you can uh, then you can then uh, it'll start working. You maybe you ha might have to restart your computer. I'm not sure, but yeah, you install the extension, and then there's some settings there that you can do by uh, by website. So make sure you you pick that up. Nice, love it. So excited. Finally, finally, you're God. Uh, I wouldn't great. go that Oops. far. Um, all right. The next thing I have here is called USB overdrive. Um, and I'm going to bring this up here. And this is a, um, a little piece of software that you can install on your Mac. This is, I think, for Mac only. But there is similar software for PCs. Um, but what this does is it installs on your computer and it allows you to program all the extra buttons that are on your keyboard and your mice. So you, you might have noticed if you buy a, a, a nice mouse or a nice keyboard, uh, there's going to be some extra buttons on it that you necessarily can't um, do anything with, right? Um, and so my mouse had two extra buttons on the side, and I couldn't figure out the Logitech software didn't have any way to program it. Um, so I, I got this uh, USB overdrive software, and now I have two buttons on the side of my mouse that I can program. And you may say, well, that sounds really dorky and stupid, but I use one for copy and one for paste. So now when I'm nice. doing the show notes and things like that, we, we ended up copying and pasting quite a bit of you know, yeah. articles and titles and then, you know, the links to them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and what I found was by using this software, um, now I can highlight something, hit one button on the mouse, it'll copy it, and then I can hit another button to paste it. And what's really cool about this is it gives you lots of options to customize it. And so you can set your computer to paste without formatting. And this has been so ridiculously oh. useful um, because on the Mac, to paste without formatting, there's like four keys you have to hit. But what you can do is you can map those four keys just to this one button and then it automatically does it. So it's been phenomenal. And, and it's to where um, when I upgraded my Mac uh, to the latest Big Sur, I had to reinstall this. And it was like, oh, no, I got to stop what I'm doing because I use this literally all the time. That is awesome. That is really cool. How'd you find that? Um, I found it with a little bit of Google searching. And uh, it's a shareware program. So... Um, it's free to use. You're supposed to throw the guy 20 bucks if you like it. So, um, I actually need to go send him some money because, uh, it's definitely worth it to buy a license key for this. That's funny. Tell him to listen to this show. We'll give him some props. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely will give him some props, but you know, the right. software has been around for a long time and actually it's kind of surprising that this isn't really built into the iOS or the, to the Mac OS, I should say. Um, uh, but yeah, it's really, really useful. And, uh, you know, definitely if you have, um, you know, any sort of, you know, custom mouse or keyboard, things like that. Uh, but even regular, you know, things have, have the extra buttons. Like uh, there's another button that you can program on your scroll wheel. A lot of scroll wheels, if you push down on the top of them, they can do another action. Oh, um, yeah. And so you can, you can program that as well. So, um, you know, really That's just cool. a way to kind of speed up your work workflow and, uh, and, you know, really not spend a lot of money doing it. I need to look into that. That would be cool. Very cool. Nice ad. 
Nice like, ad. Nice ad. <laughs> so you want to move uh, over to Media Madness now that we do, got all the cool stuff out the way? Yeah, let's do Media Madness. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. All right, so my pick for Media Madness is, uh, I'll bring it up here, is the uh, the sitcom Superstore. I don't know if you've watched this or not, but uh, we, we, we uh, my daughter has rediscovered this. Uh, I ended up watching... Uh, Superstore all the way through. I watched it from the beginning to the end. Um, not all at once because there's several seasons, I guess. There's like oh, six wow. or eight. I forget how many seasons. But uh, yeah, I've, I've seen all the episodes. And then my daughter, uh, you know, has decided that she wanted to uh, to start watching it. So we, we kind of watch it um, a little bit uh, after school sometimes, uh, you know. And uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of set in sort of a big box store kind of reminds you of Walmart cause the colors are blue, you know? <laughs> uh, but it's called cloud nine is the name of the store. And, uh, it's just all the shenanigans and antics that, you know, a retail worker might get into, uh, if they were on a sitcom and didn't worry, have to worry about getting fired so much. Nice. How'd you find that one? Uh, you know, I don't really know how I think this is. Um, so this is uh, done by Mike shore, uh, who came up with it. Um, and he's the genius behind The Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the other shows that I like. So this was kind of just a sort of a natural extension. Cool. Very cool. So have you have you seen mine? Do you know what mine is? Are you familiar with mine? I have not. I have not seen yours. I am. I'm not familiar. So you're going to have to you're, you're going to have to clue me in here. On what you're going to have to watch this one. This is I'm one of those bring this up here. It's one of those where the first episode, within the first few minutes, you're hooked in. You're like, oh, my God, i got to rush through all of these. So this is Yellowstone. So I am willing to bet that we have a huge Yellowstone following in our audience because I have heard and seen other people talking about this. I've seen a little bit on, I think it's the Paramount Network, and there's another network that runs the reruns. It's um, finished its third season, so it's getting ready to start the, third, the fourth season. You can stream it on uh, Prime to catch up to it, which is what Bo and I are doing. We've watched the first full season. We're into the second one, almost done with that. And uh, it's just about a family that lives out in this ranch, I think, up north, like Minnesota, um, somewhere, somewhere up north and cold with a lot of trees and a lot of ranches. And they're going to an actual ranch out in the mountains and um, herding cattle. They've got cowboys. They've got the old cowboy barn where all the cowboys sit up and the main like leader of the cowboys that tells everybody what to do and a lot of family drama, which is really great because you think families and cowboys, like that's their, their thing, right? You know, they, they have the whole family values and they're never dysfunctional. Oh no. Like total dysfunction all the way around from the alcoholic sister to the probably gay brother to the loser brother to now the dead brother. <laughs> There's just all kinds of stuff going on. You're like, how, how do you like, it's one of those things where you know, like Grey's Anatomy and other shows like that. It's like, it's just one yeah. drama after another. This is like, no, another drama, please. I need you guys to be more screw-ups. Like, I need another reason for you guys to be that, like, they have millions of dollars and they're still a screw-up family. It is, is a really it, Is this cool one of those ones where you watch it and you actually feel good about your life because it's not as bad as theirs are screwed up? <laughs> well, you feel good that even people with millions of dollars have really jacked up families. Like, money does not solve problems. It oh, yeah. just creates... It, it just gives you access to other people with money and problems. And so it's, there's a, we're in the, the, the part of it where you're kind of getting some backstory about why Beth is so screwed up in the head and an alcoholic, but she can turn off the alcoholism 
which it's her coping skill. You know, it's how, it's her, it's how she kind of disconnects from the world. And when she needs to do business, cause she's the businesswoman of the group, she stops drinking and she starts taking advantage of people. And she's a ruthless bitch. Absolutely ruthless. It's in fact, there was one um, episode where Kevin Costner and, and God, I'm a big fan of his, he's mad and he's upset and the daughter had embarrassed him. And he actually said to the daughter, now he's got two living sons. One is dead. He's got her. And he's like, you're the only one of my kids, Beth, who can stand to hear this advice, man up. Mm -hmm. It's like, she's your only, that's the only girl. The rest are boys. Why can't they listen to this advice? Cause she's the, the, this, the, the badass of the bunch. And she's just, um, it's just an amazing show. It's very well written, uh, very well produced. The scenery is outstanding. Um, the shots that they're getting and how they're they're getting those shots. It's the camera effects in this Chris show because I know you like cameras. Yeah. It'll be something that really catches your attention on this one. All right. Well, definitely I'm going to definitely have to put it on the list of uh, things to watch once I get <laughs> done with my uh, my current master's class. Right. Yeah, it's a great show. Hard to hard to put it down, so to speak. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah. you ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, we probably should. It's getting late, huh? Hold everybody <laughs> it's definitely, hostage. It's definitely getting late. I am <laughs> ready late. for bed. I know, me too. Oh, boy. Well, we thank you guys for listening tonight. And um, if you like this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast, give us a little love by um, posting a review on iTunes. And then don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon and PayPal. We will be so grateful because doing this is not a free thing. So we need some help and we want to do this for you guys. To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com and look for season two, episode 26. And then you can subscribe to our show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, you guys have some fun in the mayhem. Good night. All right. We'll see you later. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. And we are Let out. us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast. Give me just a second. Let's